Hey loves, before we get into today's episode, I want to give you all a heads up to mark your calendars because our amazing Wild Soul Holiday Bundle Sale is coming back from December 1st to the 9th. We're going to have some truly incredible discounts and bundles on and around our offerings for anyone who feels called to them. And it's truly going to be major this year. (laughs) Um, The Threshold 2023 is coming, all about the chariot and our year ahead. There is a new iteration of Spiralic Tarot, which is a brand new offering that I created this past autumn that offers intuitively channeled downloads and seasonal tarot lessons through the entire wheel of the year delivered to your inbox. Um, And maybe the most kind of exciting of all, I have a brand new tarot course called Soul Tarot 101 that is exactly what it sounds like. It's our signature gorgeous video course with um, beautiful card animations and an exquisite workbook um, mapped, designed, especially for folks who are brand new to the tarot or brand new to my style and want a really warm, easy, entry-level offering that's going to help them to have enough of a baseline to begin to kind of understand the tarot, be able to pull cards for themselves or others, and begin to interpret what they're pulling. Um, So all of those are opening for enrollment on December 1st, and you can get an incredible discount on all of them, plus Rewilding the Tarot, which is also back, and um, really so many of our other offerings. Um, It's really exciting. So from the 1st to the 2nd of December, we have our early bird discount for only our newsletter subscribers. So if you are not subscribed to our newsletter, you're not sure if you are, you can click the link in the show notes to either confirm or sign up. And from December 5th to the 9th, we're having our beautiful bundle sale with some truly incredible discounts on some of our most beloved courses, plus those new ones that I mentioned. So you can sign up to the mailing list to, again, get access to the early bird and to check out everything, our discounts, our bundle sales. You can click the special link in the show notes that'll bring you right to that good information. Um, And lastly, but certainly not least, uh, I have a brand new free resource to share about called the Ultimate Soul Tarot Card Guide. Um, It's something that I have literally been asked to do by quite literally hundreds of people (laughs) over the last several years. And it's um, kind of a memorization card guide without being a traditional memorization card guide, I think in the best of ways. It's really um, a, I think, truly just a beautiful, supportive resource for folks who want to build their confidence, want to get to know the cards better, want to build their knowledge, want to keep exploring what the cards mean to them. Um, I love it. I made it and it's completely free. So you can learn more about it or download it by going to that link in the show notes. Um, And while you're poking around a couple different places, just one last thing. We've really revamped things over at um, tarotforthewildsoul.com our homepage, our free resources page, and uh, certainly our courses page have been totally renovated and they look great. So if you want to know kind of about all the new things that we've been cooking up, you can uh, sense into that by going to tarotforthewildsoul.com. Thanks for hanging in there for this lengthy update, but there were lots of things to share. Now on to our episode. 
Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, a podcast that explores the tarot through an inclusive, soul-centered, trauma-informed perspective for growth, healing, and evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Hey loves, welcome to the pod. It's Linz. So honored and excited to be here with all of you as always. Thank you for your presence in this space. So, mm, I it's been so nice to kind of marinate in the very specific flavors and energies of our two um, kind of reversed queens last week and our two reversed queens this week. This is part two of our exploration, not just of the four queens of the tarot, but through that specific lens view of them being reversed. And last week, we really dove in to this sense that I think is really important, which is ultimately, what do reversals, what are, what are reversals inviting us to pay attention to, right? Everything, every card pull in the tarot is an invitation, never what will be or not be or nothing really ever concrete, <laughs> unless it is, you know, sometimes it is, but, um, even then it's an invitation. So reversals are an invitation too. When we work with reversals, so many different ways to lean into them. It can mean the completion of something. It can mean that we're in a, you know, particular, um, you know, it can mean something's easing up that's previously been really heavy or would be really heavy if the um, meaning was not reversed or if the card pull was not reversed. Um, and another way is that it, it can be a very strong heads up, like, Hey, you know, we're not quite acknowledging something we're missing something, or we know it's there and we don't quite know how to get to it or how to make the time. And so I think the Queens, and I, I mentioned this last week, so I'll keep this brief. It's just a refresher. I think the Queens, last week when I pulled for the card pull of the week, like what cards are we working with? I pulled Queen of Pentacles and Queen of Swords reversed at the same time. And it became really clear that this is not just about like, oh, yes, absolutely. These are the cards of the week. And they were um, to sort of back up and help to kind of anchor and support this much larger energetic invitation of the month of November, which is all about preparing to receive. Um, but this is in general, thinking about the ways that we listen to the calls, receive the calls, acknowledge the calls that are coming, like, so to speak, from inside the house, right? We are most of us universally taught and shown um, that, you know, making time for ourselves is selfish, that it's not okay to do that, that we should apologize for boundaries and like all of these different really um, backward, honestly, <laughs> things that um, really serve to keep us somewhat at an arm's length from that deep message from within. And when we explore the queens reversed, what we're essentially doing is looking very closely at that idea because the queens have to do with that deep inner self, that inner part of us that no one can really know but us. 
nobody. No matter how close we are, no matter how intimate we are, the only one who can really go to those places, go to those sacred caves and islands and mountains um, within the heart space, we're the only ones who know where those sacred places are, right? So when the queens show up in any reading, when we're working with the queens, going through a season with the queens, we're talking about that idea. We're being called closer to ourselves in order to hold a space for ourselves in order to better facilitate an exchange with the external world as well. We, we forget so easily that the queens help to support the work of the kings. The kings are, it's not, um, they're not separate. The pages, knights, queens, and kings are all one thing that all, it, they're a tree. We can think of them quite literally as a tree. We can think of like for example, page of pentacles to king of pentacles, the page is the root system and the seed of that tree. The king is the branches that quite, that literally take in light, that take in like, it's the embodiment of the tree, right? We could also say that the knights are actually the branches. I think that's powerful to say. Maybe the queens are the sap of the tree or the, um, something within the lifeblood of the tree. Um, there's, without getting like into the specifics of it, because that's a joy, but also not really what we're doing here. I can't teach parent show up in the world without my attention to my queen spaces. When I try to do that without showing up to my queen spaces, um, I have less to offer let's just put it that way. Sometimes I can feel more irritable. Sometimes I can feel sad. Sometimes my inner kid can be throwing a tantrum. Other times I have a headache. I'm exhausted. Like I'm not um, actually blaming myself for any of that. A lot of these things are totally systemic and ancestral in nature, and they're not our fault if we don't really know how to heed the call of the queens. Um, the reason I'm talking about them reversed or that I'm called to talk about them reversed is because I actually think we are accustomed to greeting the queens reversed more often than we are right side up, which um, lets us know that like most of us are greeting those parts of ourselves already kind of at a deficit, already kind of like, oh, wow, there hasn't been a whole lot of time devoted, right, to this, to this part of ourselves, to this area. So, that's part of why we're talking about this today, because I'm right there with you in this work, and <laughs> I want to normalize the fuck out of that and also remind all of us we are up against capitalism, patriarchal structures, systemic racism, unfair expectations on, again, folks of color, women-identified folks, uh, like for education, for unpaid labor, for time. Um, on gestational parents for, um, or mothers or how, however one may identify in that role. Um, there's so much more kin keeping and invisible labor that goes on in those areas. So that's not everyone. There's so many folks who, who are caretakers and like, there's a lot of invisible labor happening a lot. So again, these are systemic things right? These are systemic things. There's a lot of money made actually off of us not um, offering ourselves 
some space and fucking goddamn quiet, like, you know, or retreating, whatever that, whatever that looks like to us. So this is not our fault. This is not your fault. It's not my fault. It just is. But when we know about it, ideally we can stop feeling so bad about it. We can maybe stop blaming ourselves for like wondering why we're angry or resentful or tired or we're snapping easier or, um, Some of us beat ourselves up for not like being better at self-care, which I think again, like you're going up a, you're going up against a mammoth system and it's not your fault. And I think the Queens as anchors can help with this. So that's my spiel. Now on to the actual episode at hand. So Last week we talked about Queen of Pentacles and Queen of Swords. So if you want kind of the the um, the deal on that, you can check out our episode from last week. Today we're going to dive into Queen of Wands and Queen of Cups. Different energies, all existing in the same spectrum as queens themselves, but different. These two, as a pair, are very different from Queen of Swords and Queen of Pentacles. So I want to first start with, I think I want to begin with Queen of Wands because both of them, Queen of Wands reverse and Queen of Cups reverse are so different and yet, again, somewhere in the same orbit of each other. And I want to, more than I did with the other lesson, tie these two to their astrological designations in soul tarot specifically. Queen of Wands, queens are water, and then we have, of course, the other, um, the element of the suit that we're talking about. So Queen of Wands is water for queens, fire for wands. And in soul tarot, we actually look to the queens as being ruled by cardinal signs of the zodiac. Um, There's a lot of reasons for this that I get into in my courses, but in my opinion, you can't do shit in the court cards without the queens. The kings are an extension, the kingness. And again, I am not, I do not teach the court cards as part of any kind of gender identity hierarchy or hierarchy or role. So I'm not saying oh, the queens do it all, and then the kings go off and like do the actual work in the world. The kings and the queens are the same, and they have nothing, no one's higher than the other. But you, you can't do shit without the queens. Can't do it. There's no way that that branch can grow out, can grow toward the sun without a sturdy fucking foundation in the queens. No way. So while I understand that a lot of folks may feel like, well, the kings are cardinal. In my opinion, they're not. So that's okay. That's the part of this, the gorgeous beauty of the tarot is that everybody's, everyone gets, to, there's, you know, it's different for everyone, which I think is great. Um, I think the queens are extremely rooted to the cardinal. They are initiators. They have to do with coming back to self. They're a part of the movement from the source from the origin, which is what cardinal energy is all about. They're drivers. They really are. But they have to do with coming inside the self and moving out from there. And if you think about all the cardinal signs, Aries, Cancer, Capricorn, and Libra, 
uh, sort of out of order with Libra and Capricorn there, but respectively, all of them are massive initiators. And all of them have to do with the self being rooted so that there can be a healthy extension out into the world. That's what all of them have to do with. And so if we're not right with the queens, we're not right. Not We're not wrong, but we're, we're off base. We're not quite clicked in to our kingness if there's no queenness. So all that being said, in Soltero specifically, Queen of Wands is connected to Aries. Queen of Wands is said to be very connected to magic, very connected to the alchemical, very connected to the esoteric, the witch of the tarot. If we think about the weaving of these two particular elements, water and fire, we can't have them together in one hand without putting the fire out. Uh, We could create steam, of course, which is valid. Um, But if we think about, like, if I want to hold a flickering flame and water in one hand, I can't do it unless I'm working with some sort of chemistry question mark. <laughs> like I can't technically do it without some kind of alchemy, magic, right? We're holding two things together that don't go unless there's some sort of magic going on. We can also tether that back to temperance. Temperance in the Smith Rider Weight Tarot is very very connected to this idea as well. There is a sense here of the weaving together of fire and water and giving something over to spirit, like allowing spirit to bring water and fire together and basically saying, hey, I can't do it. (laughs) Like I'm going to fall in this water. I'm going to put out the fire, but with you helping me, I can. I don't need to do this alone. Um, And I love that Temperance is connected to Sagittarius. This is connected to Aries. So there's just a a real beauty in the different ways that the weaving together of fire and water can be expressed, both astrologically and in the tarot. So why is that important? Queen of Wands is an echo from the deep part of our soul that says, I am allowed to connect with what feels magical to me. Think about what that means for so many who can't do that because of fear of harm or death, because it's not safe, because of a cultural issue, because of uh, a religious, heavy religious um, you know, mantle over their lives, whether through caretakers or parents, or again, like where they happen to be living. Think about what that does to us when we think about that idea ancestrally for most of us who are, you know, most of us (laughs) at some point in our lineage descended from some ancestor for whom it was not safe to practice their craft, to study a religious text, to channel, to be an intuitive, to there, my really dear friend, Julia Inglis speaks a lot about how um, she makes uh, very sacred dolls and um, wool crafted dolls that are deeply connected to her, her lineage and her heritage. Um, 
And she, when she was teaching me how to make this doll on a pilgrimage in Scotland, said, for us to be able to carry these dolls, make these dolls is huge. Because if we were doing this in the old times, we might have been accused of witchcraft, might have been killed for these dolls. So that's the, the Queen of Wands holds that space of reclamation. It's not just like, and, and I'm, I'm not uh, dissing on this at all, but it's not like just going to our altar and lighting a candle and working with the moon. And those are, I don't want to say just because those are sacred actions um, that can, can feel supportive for some. And for some of us, we like never work with the moon or we never work at our altar. And yet we're very consider ourselves to be magical folk or witches or consider ourselves to be spiritual and all that's okay. It's not just okay. It's ideal. Queen of Wands says you're meant to be the kind of witch that you're meant to be. That's what the Wands court cards are about. They're about autonomy. They're about the importance, the crucialness of us being in our own thing, our own lane. I even think Queen of Wands is a very important antidote to appropriation, to cultural appropriation, to spiritual appropriation, to moving ourselves out of the root systems, the practices, the, the, the flow of others so that we can come home and reclaim our magic. And this isn't about knowing our whole ancestry. It means just sitting with the quiet part of us that is deeply connected right? It holds a space of what's possible in the healing of the witch wound and acknowledging the terror that so many of us carry about, like, it's not safe for me to do this. It's not safe for me to be out in public doing this. Um, what we were told by our ancestors and our caretakers and, you know, about what it meant to work with the tarot, to, to be a witch, to like, whatever it might be. It's different from person to person. For some of us, there's none of this, and yet there might be something inside. Um, The other thing that I think is really important that Queen of Wands really speaks to is what it is to be an intuitive and how hard it can be to trust that our intuition is real, is true, is valid, is worthy, how hard it is to trust ourselves with the noise of our minds and the um, pressure of our culture and how inherently intuition is really about not knowing. And when we take the leap to trust ourselves in some way that um, is ideally really rooted and grounded in what's safe and responsible, we are potentially bucking up against other folks who, you know, may not see eye to eye with us. And sometimes those opinions are really an important call to come back home and to think about like, is that thing really a no for me? Or is this, um, an enacting out of a trauma response? Am I afraid? Is this fear or is this truly intuition? Um, you know, so that's a whole other conversation. Um, when reversed, put quite simply, queen of wands is that invitation that heads up that message from some part of us that doesn't fully believe in ourselves, that doesn't believe 
we're actually intuitive, that believes other people are more intuitive because their intuition looks, behaves like X, Y, Z. We're not enough. We're not doing our practice as we should be. Other people are magical because they do it like this or like that. And we're not because we don't, or we're not sacred or intuitive or spiritual enough because we do this or that. Like there's so much of that bullshit. There's so much comparison. And I think it's beautiful the way that witchcraft and tarot and astrology has blossomed on social media and has provided such um, freedom and openness and permissioning for people to play and practice and see that they're not alone. It's also created a really, really hard environment for folks who are, you know, may feel like, well, fuck my intuition doesn't like this person. Am I actually a real intuitive? Or, you know, gosh, my practice doesn't look like this person's, or I'm not here with my practice, or whoa, this person seems really devoted in this way. Should I be? And then all of a sudden we're questioning the gentle, beautiful, perfect unfolding of our path. And how we know that it's not really for us is that it does kick off this kind of shit spiral of like, blaming ourselves, judging them, over, um, over-propping other people and thinking like, whoa, I want to be just like them or whatever it is. I, again, I'm not getting down on any of it, but I do think that it is really important, ideally, to come back to ourselves and, and trust in our own flow because we're all intuitives in totally different ways. We're all meant to be doing different things with our intuition. We are. Like it, it's just that simple. I don't know if I've ever spoken about this on the podcast. Um, my memory is so bad now that I've had a baby that I can't remember anything. So I could have mentioned it 50 times, but um, there's really, really, really strong clairvoyant psychic energy in my grandfather's line, my mother's father. Um, and my grandfather was, I believe, strongly clairvoyant, strongly intuitive. Uh, those of us in the family who are also psychic intuitives agree. Um, and there are lots of reasons why we think that, but my grandfather was a doctor and his ability to know what was going on. He was a pediatrician with children when no one else knew his ability to sort of know what to do. I also experienced that with my grandfather of things no one could figure out, but he knew. Um, he was a very skilled doctor, but he also like knew. No one really know how he knew. He didn't know how he often knew these things. He didn't have a word for that intuitive or clairvoyant, but it's clear to me that that is, was a part of his guidance system. And it also showed up in other ways, his quote coincidences where he'd be thinking of someone then be seated next to them. He'd be thinking of someone, he'd flip open a magazine and there they were, or what, you know, whatever it was, or he'd run into somebody or like, it was constant. So he didn't know, right? So that's one example where it doesn't matter what your profession. My grandfather was not meant 
to give up his position or his, his, his soul work as a, as a, as a pediatrician to like be a tarot reader, for example. And I, I mentioned that because I, I think we sometimes can have a very binary view of like, well, I'm an intuitive. I should be doing a very, um, a prof- I should have a profession that somehow is aligned or matches, but that's not the truth. The truth is that every vocation can be a helping vocation that is aided and supported by spirit. And when we don't believe in our gifts, when we don't believe in ourselves, we don't believe we're magical enough, intuitive enough, when we're getting down on ourselves in that way, we're usually receiving a visit from Queen of Wands reversed. Now, what do we do about that? I think the Aries-ness of this card can be really useful because we can call upon Aries ruling card that is emperor to be help, to, to help out with that. The emperor is, I've, I've spoken about this card now ad nauseum on this podcast, but is essentially very simplistically put an invitation to take up aligned space without apology. I say aligned space because we want to be in communication with that deep part of our soul knowing before we take up space in a room, before we speak on something, before we communicate on something. Not everything is for us to comment on. Not everything is our business. Um, There are times, depending on our status of privilege, where it is really important to move back. It's really important to listen instead of speak. Other times it's the opposite. So I believe when it's in its true soul center, the emperor can help us to take up that aligned space while also holding the realities of this world and that some of us again, do come from privilege. And it is really important to be aware of the space we take up in a room. For others of us, it's really important to take up more space than what's comfortable because we've been systemically or historically been told, hey, you move back. And it's not true, but those folks are actually meant to move forward. So that's what I mean by aligned space. So that can be really helpful for as as a, a form of medicine, you know, with our work with Queen of Wands reversed, because it has to do with saying, who are you not to bring your gifts to this world? Who are you not to? Who are you not to? If you have something of benefit to share that is your way, that is your medicine, your flavor, please bring it. That's why you volunteered to come. Your medicine doesn't look like this person's. It's not supposed to. It's okay. It's okay if, like, there's different people drawn to your medicine than is to that person. That's okay. And you not being an intuitive, it's impossible. Everybody is intuitive. We're born intuitive. Each of us has different ways of communicating and working with spirit or guides. It doesn't mean that we're any more or less gifted than anyone else. It just simply doesn't. Not everybody is meant to be a medium. That is a huge responsibility and role in one's life that 
I bow to anyone who has that, um, that ability, that gift. It's not for everybody. It's not even for some people who volunteered for it. <laughs> you know, like there are some people who have that gift to say, no, thank you. Sorry, not, I'm not ready or I don't want to. I know someone intimately who has that experience, who's just like not available for it. And her guides respect that. And that's okay. So I, that's all right. The emperor can help. The emperor can really help. The emperor is, because it's ruled by Aries, it's essentially like the dawning of a day and the scream of a newborn baby. That's just like, holy fuck, I'm here. I am. I am making noise. I am moving this intensity and this, like, through my system. Aries is about, like, I'm here. This is the dawn of something new. This is a, the, the birth of how, can, how on earth could this be by accident? So all of that is contained. It's, it's deep stuff. I, so I said, like, it's a different level, these two, than the other two. It goes to a... a a much kind of deeper, more primal place of like, what does it mean to believe in one's gifts? What does it mean to work through um, ancestral trauma or a witch wound to come to that space on the other side? Like, what does that look like or mean? And that's some of the work that we do in Queen of Wands Reverse, because Queen of Wands says, who are you not to believe in yourself? You came here with incredibly specific gifts that are vital and important. You know, whether it's just to your family unit, that doesn't make them any less crucial than it might if there were 3 million people who were receiving your medicine or whatever, right? And it's lifelong work. It's lifelong work. I've mentioned this many times. I teach a lot um, part of the way I teach is talking about specificity and being in one's kind of emperorness and queen of wandsness. I have had so much conditioning about like, I'm not a quote real intuitive that, um, that's why I teach the stuff that I do because I know that a lot of people feel that way. And I actually think that's like, Step one, you know, I would much rather be like, my role is not to, to my gift is not to help to like enhance the Claire's. And I bow to anyone doing that work in integrity, um, and not in a strategic way, because it's very easy to have ego guide intuitive development. The, the, what I'm talking about is, is my gift. It's, it's, and I have no problem kind of speaking that, like, I think that is my gift to be able to say the undoing and the rewilding of intuition is massively important work and it deserves to be attended to with care and respect. And most of us, in fact, I'm going to say all of us have had this experience at least once where we've thought my magic, my creativity, my essence, my gift is not special enough, whatever that means to us, or it's not this, or it's not that, or I wish I was here, like, you know, whatever it is, and, and sub out the word special for whatever, but um, not enough, 
right? And Queen of Wands comes to us when we're feeling that way so that we can help to tend those feelings, get curious about them and recenter them, you know, so we can reparent that wound. Queen of Cups reversed. So this one in beautiful Queen of Cups fashion um, can actually be two, when reversed, can actually be two very distinct avenues when it shows up reversed. I want to talk about them both. Um, but in the spirit of talking about Queen of Wands being connected to Aries, Queen of Cups is connected to Cancer. So what we're working with here is a kind of a layering effect. And with Cancer energy, not even Cancer folks, but Cancer energy, what we're talking about anytime we work with Cancer is this idea of the outer shell and the inner aspect of the shell, the meat inside, so to speak, that really tender flesh, which is the truth of the soul in the Cancerian world. The outer shell is what we present to other folks. It's the persona or it's what we're available to be honest about or to be intimate about or to be vulnerable about. And the internal part, and it's not fake, it's just part of the way that cancer energy survives in the world because it is so tender, because we are so tender. So the reason we move through chariot energy, the reason that's so connected to cancer, because the chariot is connected to cancer, the chariot is a massive shedding of some aspect of that shell, of that exoskeleton, so we can bring more of ourselves out, so we can be seen on purpose. It's a massive rebirth. And it is a contending with like what looks really good on the outside, what do we feel like should work but really doesn't actually work, what are we willing to let dissolve in order to move into a space of more authenticity, um, even though I kind of, I use that word sometimes and also despise it just simply because I feel like, I don't know, it's been overused as sort of an idea, but like what's, I don't know, meaning whatever feels good for you today. That's what I mean by authenticity, knowing that that's allowed free to change. So I believe Queen of Cups is a call more than any of the other queens to retreat back to that center whatever that means to you. It's a call to move closer to that deep center that nobody else really can ever be intimate with. Nobody else can really ever know that part of us. It is a very important date with some kind of inner pilgrimage that might take us away for a day or so or more longer from obligations or responsibilities or but loved ones to move closer to ourselves, not obviously in a destructive way, but in a deeply fortifying way. There are moments where we are called to be in our own essence, our own energy, our own company, where that is essential, that there is some sort of message from inside of us. There's some sort of gift that comes from us being with ourselves and our own company that again is essential and we can't miss out on it. And it helps to remember that as ruled by cancer, 
Um, the Queen of Cups is sort of cousins with the chariot, is cousins with the high priestess because the high priestess is ruled by the moon and the chariot is ruled by cancer, which is ruled by the moon. So we're talking about deep receiving, deep intuition, deep um, shedding of what doesn't serve, moving back to the source, to the origin. I've spoken about on this podcast and in many of my offerings uh, uh, that I personally have like a very deep connection to Queen of Wands, and I recognize not everyone will or does, to the idea of the Selkie myth that there is, um, which is a really strong part of my ancestry uh, as as rooted in Scotland. Um, it's part of our myth and lore. And was the idea of the Selkie myth was really popularized. A lot of folks may have heard of it through Dr. Dr. Clarissa Pinkola Estes' book, Women Who Run With the Wolves, um, in the story in that book, Seal Skin, Soul Skin. In the myth of the Selkie, to wildly simplify it, um, we have an understanding that there are folks in the world who can be a human, but they also have a seal skin. And they put on that seal skin and they go off into the ocean and then they take the seal skin off and they come back to the human world. Um, and in seal skin, soul skin, one of the myths is that uh, typically it's described as a woman and that the woman's partner or husband or father steals the seal skin away and hides it from the woman. And then in this myth, the, the person steals the seal skin back and tries to make sense of what it is to recover in inner life and also um, be in their life life with like parenting and partnership and responsibilities. And some folks never think about this. Other people, it's all they think about. It's like, when does, when do I like, you know, when do I go back? When can I reclaim? When can I move closer to this part of myself? And so working with Queen of Cups is about retrieving the seal skin and remembering that we're not ever really going to belong to either world. We're not ever going to fully belong in the sea. We're not ever going to fully belong on land. It's kind of like bowing and acknowledging the discomfort of that and how that discomfort of not really belonging where we are, I think, permeates through all of us in different ways and at different intensities. And so when reversed, Queen of Cups can show up, as I mentioned before, in two very distinct ways. And I think I'm confident in saying that when pulled, it's really clear which one is speaking to us more than the other. So one way that it can show up reversed. It can on occasion be an invitation to actually come back to land after being out at sea for a really long time. If we've ever been in a situation where we've been a little bit too afraid to engage with the world or a little bit tender, you know, I, I am really digging on this actually because, um, I can't tell you how vulnerable it's been after going through postpartum 
and a lot of emergencies postpartum to like think about widening my, um, to think about, uh, possibly popping into Instagram. Like right now it's just like, absolutely not (laughs) to like, think about doing certain things with my work or my bill. Like I have ideas and right now certain things are feeling like, Ooh, that's just a little bit too much right now for one reason or another. I don't understand all of it. What I'm choosing to do is really respect that. I actually think that's really healthy for me. But if I were to pull a queen of cups reverse about some of it, depending on where I was, I'd be like, okay, you know, okay. That's like a gentle invitation for me to remember, like, maybe I can wade into this water um, with the right kind of guardrails up and and an open to the extent that I feel called to maybe even be honest with folks about how I'm doing there. So that's one avenue, like come back to the land after being out at sea for a little while. Like we've, we've done a lot of inner care. Now maybe we're being invited to be a bit more, you know, social or in the world than we may have been. Maybe, maybe not. The other way that I think it comes up for us more frequently around is that we've been on land for too long and the sea is calling. And that is an invitation, I'd say, with all of these queens. It's gonna, like, it's not pretty if we avoid that for too long. So what's accessible? What's accessible? What is an, what is an easeful way of taking some of that time? How can we open to more of it, even if it's just a little bit of time, an afternoon? It doesn't need to be a whole 10 days, a whole year, a whole this, a whole that. Um, What is it to carve out an hour in the morning? What is it to carve out an hour in the evenings? Um, What is it to fully take weekends off or fully take certain days off or take ourselves on purpose out to somewhere, someplace, right? Um, all of those things are really important questions that only we can personally answer or speak to, but that's the idea with queen of cups reverse. This is the strongest call coming from inside the house. It's just, it's a call from the inner sea of our being saying, you have, you have messages here. You have a call here. You have time, like it's calling out to you. How can you take the time to dive in and be in that seal skin for a little while? Because that's just as important as being in your human self, right? So how can we look and make, again, the time for that? The chariot, right, can be an anchor for this work because, um, Again, this is an area, this is a space where a lot of us kind of fight ourselves, where we think like, I don't need that time. No one needs that time. We're uncomfortable with it. A lot of us are only comfortable seeking out help, care, and breaks when we're at a breaking point. It doesn't need to be that way. It's hard to unlearn that, but it doesn't have to be that way. That's what this card also says. You know, we don't need to wait until we're we're stretched completely you know, to, to get that time. So when we're in a season that that kind of thing is possible, when, 
we actually have the room, have the space, have the offers of support and care to make it happen, um, what's possible? What can we, what's tangible? What is accessible in terms of taking that kind of time and moving closer to ourselves rather than away from the people that we love or, you know, our responsibilities? Because it is a choice to move closer to oneself when the world is going to continue to call, right? Um, And some of us have a life that is set up where there's a lot of space for these kinds of regular visits to oneself. And I think that's awesome. Most of us, though, it's not how it is, or we're uncomfortable taking the time. So this card is really helpful in the chariot in terms of helping us to look at the delayering process that might need to happen in order to prioritize that more is a really crucial part of it too. Um, yeah, I think that's all I have to say on it right now. (laughs) I'm grateful to be talking about these things and normalizing these things and getting curious with all of y'all about how we can more regularly center and open to the Queens because I think they do bring a pretty important invitation to the table that some of us, not all of us can be occasionally very uncomfortable with working with and receiving. So here's to continued expansion and openness to the inner Queens, to the Queens within all of us. May we never apologize for making those regular visits to ourselves. And may we not experience shame around a system that is set up to try to convince us that we shouldn't need to take this kind of space and time. So again, thank you for being here. I'll be connecting with all of you next week. And um, yeah, really excited to hear what y'all think about the card guide. Really excited to hear what you think about the new offerings and the flow. And if you did not Um, kind of touch base on the upcoming early bird and bundle sales coming up. It's going to be really great and I'm excited for all of it. Um, So yeah, thanks so much for being here, wild souls. And until we connect again, please take exquisite care of yourselves. 